0: Day is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery the gospel of the Lord (laughs) thanks be to God please be seated grace to all of you and peace from God our creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus Christ amen let's bow our heads in prayer most holy God We praise you this day and invite your spirit to stir mightily in our midst that we might understand more fully what you have to teach us today from this very difficult passage. We ask you to open our hearts and our minds. And then, O Lord, open our hands that we might receive your very presence in the bread and the wine, your body and blood in the sacramental meal. In your holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. First of all, I want to take you to... Israel, the northern part of the country, on the shore of a lake. It's called the Sea of Galilee. It's not like an ocean or even a sea. It's like a lake about the size of Lake Washington. It's a warm spring day. There are a few hundred people there on a hillside which has grass for sheep to graze. Jesus is there and this crowd of people has come to learn from Jesus about how they can live a godly life how they can be religious people how they can be people of God how they can go to heaven they want Jesus to teach them so Jesus sits asks them all to sit down people can hear the birds bees are buzzing there are a few fishing boats out on the sea of Galilee Fishermen casting their nets, pulling them back. It's a very peaceful setting. And Jesus begins to speak. He talks for quite a while. And we have that sermon. We have it recorded. It's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. And we just read part of it a moment ago in our Gospel lesson. It's amazing. 2,000 years later, we have what Jesus said. And the people of his day sitting in the grass overlooking the Sea of Galilee were just as confused and just as frustrated with the part about cutting off your hand and plucking out your eye and all of the other things that we just read a moment ago. And you can imagine them, you know, scratching their foreheads and wondering, what is he talking about? Jesus said, you have heard it said that you shall not murder. I say to you, if you're angry, you'll be condemned. If you call someone a name like you fool or Martin Bigmouth," you will be liable for hellfire. If you have lust in your heart, if you divorce, you are condemned. Cut off your right hand, pluck out your eye. It seems like Jesus is turning the law of Moses into something impossible to follow. And that, my friends, is just the point. Jesus is turning the law into something that was absolutely impossible for them to follow, to show them. That their salvation, that God's love in their life to live a life that is holy and righteous doesn't begin from the outside in with the rules coming in upon you. It comes from the inside out. That was the big lesson he was trying to teach these people because they had always thought, if you're going to be religious, and maybe you think the same thing today, if you're going to be religious, you're going to be a person of God, you're going to go to heaven after you die, then you really work hard to follow the rules, follow the laws. You go to church on Sundays. You make your tithe you observe the ten commandments you try to be nice to other people and then you are a good and godly person jesus says i don't want a bunch of rule followers i want people whose hearts have been changed from the inside out i don't want you to be good and godly because you have to I want you to be good and godly because you want to it starts from the inside out not the outside in and so he confronts them like a slap in the face wake up it is allowing God to love you and it is out of love that you live your life as God's people Isn't that how we raise our children? We give them structure, of course, rules to follow, but it's out of our love for the children that they become the people God made them to be. Have you ever been around um, families who see a child and you kind of can tell that the parents think the child's not going to make it, not going to succeed? And what does the child do? Leans into that expectation. Or other families where, you know, they just, admire their child and kind of expect the very best and the child kind of leans into that you become who you are through love and i think the people sitting in the grass on that hillside i i'm absolutely certain they started understanding what jesus was saying it was challenging their whole way of being religious and i think it happened not so much through jesus words but by jesus looking into their eyes You know, eyes are the window to the soul. And I think, I mean, wouldn't it have been nice to be able to look Jesus eye to eye? What do you suppose it would have felt like to look into Jesus' eyes and to feel like pure love and affirmation coming your way and just sort of filling you up? And it is out of that that people's lives are changed. It's like Jeremiah the the prophet who wrote centuries earlier that there is coming a day when God would write the law upon the hearts of God's followers. And their ethics, their godly life would follow from the inside out, not the outside in. Now, I've shared with you a lot of theology about how we interpret a passage like this. But I think the best way is to understand it through an illustration through a story. So my favorite illustration of a person l- beginning to live a godly life from the inside out comes from a French novel written by a man named Victor Hugo. You know what I'm going to refer to? No, no, it's Les Miserables. So Les Miserables is a, a novel about the gospel passage we just read a moment ago you may not know that but it's about john val john it's been made into a musical it's made into a movie number of movies some of you have read the book some of you have seen the movie some of you have heard the musical how many have seen some form of les miserables so you're going to understand this illustration and the power of it i've Used it before to inspire people to allow God to love them. It starts with John Valjean. He's in prison, as you know, and he's put there because he has stolen what? He's stolen a loaf of bread to feed his starving family. The law has come down hard upon him. The rules. do you think the rules coming down hard upon him have changed him in any way? made him more bitter, more angry. The law has crushed him. And that's the point Victor Hugo is trying to make. Law, gospel. As he leaves prison, he has to carry a certificate that he's a convict. So every town he goes into, he has to let the town know that he's a convict. He can't get a job, he can't get a place to eat, he can't get a place to sleep until he comes to a little village and after a rainstorm, he's soaking wet, he's hungry, and he has no place to go. And a priest opens up the rectory, his home, for Jean Valjean to come in and have a dinner. He has a nice meal. He looks at the silverware and then he goes into a nice warm bedroom. Jean Valjean wakes up in the middle of the night. He creeps out into the dining room. There he sees that silverware and a silver candlestick and he puts it all in a sack. As he's doing that, The priest opens up his bedroom door and walks into the dining room where he sees John Valjean. They both know what's happening. John Valjean takes the candlestick, strikes the priest on the head, knocks him to the ground, runs out the door, slams the door, and off he goes. Three days later, the priest is in the dining room again. His head is bandaged. There's a knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. He opens and there are police officers and they have Jean Valjean with the silverware and the candlestick. The police officers come in with Jean Valjean to the dining room and they say, Father, that's the priest, we have the man who stole your candlestick and your silverware. We knew it it belonged to you so we brought him back here. He has told this incredible story that you gave him all of this. And the priest, silent, Looks at John Valjean, then at the police officers, and said, That's correct. I give all of this to him the silverware and the candlestick. The police officer, incredulous, says, The law has no hold on you. A very theological statement. The law has no hold on you. You are free police officers left, leaving the priest and John Valjean standing facing each other. After a moment of silence, the priest looks at John Valjean who's looking at his own feet and says, you should not have stolen from me. I could have turned you over to the law and you would have been condemned for the rest of your life to live in prison. But I redeemed you I forgave you and now you belong to God your life is not your own that's at the very beginning of the book the rest of the book the rest of the movie the rest of the musical they are about john valjean living into his godly life that began with an act of love and forgiveness The rest of his life was to fulfill that destiny. That's what Jesus Christ is saying to those people sitting in the grass above the Sea of Galilee. That God loves you and redeems you. Your life is not your own. Let God's love come through you and you will live a good and godly life. You'll become the person God made you to be. I don't want you to live a good and godly life because you have to. I want you to do it because you want to because it's fun to be good to each other Jesus is the priest in the story we are John Valjean and we celebrate that moment of redemption and forgiveness in a ritual we call baptism that moment where God has claimed us as God's own where our life no longer belongs to us it belongs to God And the rest of our earthly journey is living into that good and godly life. So, the hard words that Jesus shared with us today ultimately lead us to pure gospel. Because the law, the rules, they're always impossible. They will never be fulfilled completely. There will always be something else for you to do so we surrender allow God to love and then we live Amen Holy God we praise you and give you thanks for your strong words today that open us up to the gospel of your love the law condemns the gospel sets us free in your holy name we pray Amen page 9 please stand as you're able